Today's daf is daf Chav Gimel. We're beginning at the top of Chav Gimel and Aleph at the Mishnah. Zog de'elega Mishnah. Aisha shenodra benozer, a woman that accepted upon herself a nazirus, v'hoyser shoyser v'yayin v'tamalameisim, and then she willfully violated the nazirus by drinking wine or coming to contact with their bodies. Hareza sofegas is our boyim. She receives lashes for it. Now the Gemara had given two ways of understanding this because more problem with this is that's Pashat. What novelty is there? So the Gemara actually said, uh, gave two Pshatim. One is that it's talking about where the husband was Mayfer, that the husband was Mayfer subsequent to her having violated and the Chiddush is that even though he's Mayfer, she still gets lashes because it was going like the sheet of Megis guys that he chops it moving forward but whatever she did till then is considered to be a violation that was one way of understanding it if you learn it that it's Maker Akar is that his Hafara uproots it as if it never existed then the question is then why would she be getting lashes you would have to say it's talking about that he did not he wasn't Mayfer well if he wasn't Mayfer we're back to our question then what's the novelty obviously the husband husband wasn't Mayfair and then she and she drank that she'd be violating so according to that explanation <coughs> it's really in the Chiddush is not in the first half of the Mishnah the first half of the Mishnah is there just for the symmetry of the second half of the Mishnah just to show the contrast and there is no novelty necessarily in the first half so you have one of two ways of learning this first half of the Mishnah but let's see the second half of the Mishnah let's say the husband was Mayfair but she was unaware of the fact that he was Mayfair. So she, in her mind, she's violating willfully her uh, Nazirus. She is will- violating the Nazirus. But, and in, in reality, she's not. Why is she not really being mocked? Because Mayfair, he's Mayfair. But she, but he does, but she doesn't know, know that, right? So therefore, Enos Pegas Arbaim, the bottom line is, she would not get lashes, even though she thinks she's doing something wrong, it ends up that she will not get lashes. Says Rabbi Yehuda, he says you don't get a, she can't get away with nothing on this, because if she thinks she's actually doing something wrong, we should acknowledge that she is rebelling and doing something wrong, and therefore, in Enos Pegas Arbaim, even if she's not getting the Torah lashes, but the, the lashes on a rabbinical level for, for rebelling, that at least the based in should be giving her because she did something wrong with her intention, so therefore at least mid Rabbonin she should get lashes. Okay. Whether Rabbi Yehud is disagreeing with Tanakhama or is just, uh, is, uh, there, there's no argument, that's already a discussion in the Rishonim. Tan Rabban, we learned in a Brisa. It says, Isha Haferam. Her husband, that's not the K, Isha with a hay in it. Her husband, with a dot in the hay, her husband will revoke. And God will forgive her. Now, the obvious question is if the husband revoked, right, then what's the question? There's no, you would think, there's no need to forgive. So, what's Taka the shot in the Pasuk? So says the Gemara, the Pshat the Pasuk is like the second half of our Mishnah. It's the about a situation where the husband revoked, but she was not aware, and therefore she eats She still needs from God, she needs atonement and forgiveness. Why does she need atonement and forgiveness? Because in her mind she was actually violating for that. God should forgive and give her atonement and forgive her because she, the Misa, she did in her mind she was doing something wrong. Because I am a gear of Yakiva to the Pasuk Zahaya Baikhu. Yakiva would reach this Pasuk 
he would cry. Why did he cry? He if the person who thought that what he's picking up is a piece of pork, he thinks he's eating chazer. And inadvertently he took the wrong piece and he actually took the piece of lamb. He took, a, he took the kosher piece of food, right? And still, what's the Pasuk require? He needs atonement and forgiveness. The mice said, why does he need atonement and forgiveness? At the end of the day, what did he end up eating? Nothing. He ended up kosher. So what's the, you still see that this person needs kapara. So then, someone who intends to do something wrong and actually does do something wrong. He wants to eat the, 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 the cheeseburger and he ate the cheeseburger. All the more so Will this person need a kapara and a slicha? So that made Rabbi Akiva cry, thinking that when you actually end up doing the right thing, you still need kapara. Can you imagine how much kapara we need when we end up really doing the wrong thing? In a similar vein, Ata Oimer, we have a similar puzzle. So it talks about it's a it's the it's the korban asham toli. Now, what is a korban of asham toli? A korban case of asham toli is that. You did not realize at the time that you have put yourself in a situation where you might have violated a chi of kores, which requires a korban chatas, but you don't know for sure. So therefore, but on the tzad that you might have, so therefore you're afraid that you might get punished for putting yourself into such a situation. So therefore to keep punishment in abeyance, they're going to korban asham toli. You bring this korban asham toli, uh, and what happened was, is that if, in fact, you did nothing wrong, so then you did nothing wrong. If you did end up finding out later on that you hired, that you did a violation of kores, then you can go ahead and bring your korban chatas. To bring a chatas and a sofik we don't allow, but that's the purpose of an asham toli. That in case you did something wrong, that it should help you get, uh, get, get suspend, that's why I call it, suspends the punishment from, from, from happening. So it says, the person did something he was not aware, for ashamed, and he is, or he might be guilty, he might have done something that brought upon him guilt. And he will bear his sin. And, and, and so the Gemara says like this, the Chorah, what are you calling him guilty and he'll bear his sin? He didn't really, he didn't really do anything necessarily willfully wrong. This fellow, who potentially, uh, he was thinking when he picked up the piece of meat, he thought he's picking up a piece of lamb, right? He thought he's picking up kosher meat. And then, there was, now later on we find out that it might have actually been a basachazer, it might have been a prohibition involved. For example, what's the case? Because if he knows for sure it's chazer, it brings a korban chatas. So why is he bringing an asham toloi? So one is going to give two ways, an argument actually, Masechus Krisus, we'll get to it, when you bring an asham toloi. But one is, it's, uh, you ate a piece of meat that had in it fat. Now that fat, it is kosher fat, but there's also a, what's called chalev, shuman is the kosher fat. There's chalev, which is possible, that's a chiv kares, right? Now you don't know, in retrospect, what piece of fat was it. I thought it was a kosher fat, but now, could uh, it, it could have been the chalev over here. So, the Torah says that he will bear his sin, even though at the bottom line, at the end, his intent wasn't to do something wrong, and Lamaisa, 
If not, if not, so still he's asked to bear his sin and he needs an atonement. So Mishnah is Kavanaz Be'er Basachazim. So someone who does intend to eat something that is not kosher, to eat the Basachazim, but Allah beyond the Basachazim, and that what he does, his intent is fulfilled and he has to eat the Chazim, Allah has Kamakama, all the more so will this person bear his sin and need, and, and need atonement. Right? Now, Isi ben Yehuda is only disagreeing with a scenario. Because there is a machlok, as Masechus Krisus, when do you have to bring the Asham Tolui? So the Tanakam we just had was, you picked up one piece, and then it becomes a question, was that piece Shuman Ochelev? According to Isi ben Yehuda, he holds like the other opinions. The other opinions hold that would not be a case of Asham Tolui. The case of Asham Tolui, where there were two pieces in front of you, one was Chelev and one was Shuman, and you thought you picked up the Shuman, and then in, retroact- in retrospect, I don't know which was the one that I picked up, but there for sure was in front of you one piece that was Caleb. So therefore, that's when you have to bring an Asham Tolib. But if it's only one piece and you're not sure, was that Shuman, was that Caleb? But it's not Ikvay Surah, wasn't for sure that there was Caleb there. According to Isabel Yehuda, you would not have to bring the Asham Tolib. So he just changes the scenario. So Isabel Yehuda, I'm a Veloy When does the Pazik say that you did not know, but you were still guilty, but also you have to bear your sin, right? He gives the same example, but, but, but uh, the same idea, but, but with a different example. My mission is coming Again, it's talking about a guy that he thought he's picking up the bosa tleh, that's what's the lamb meat, the kosher meat, but he picked up the wrong, he possibly picked up the wrong one, because there were two pieces in front of him. One was chelev, one was shuman, one was the chiv kores, one was the one that's heter, and he has to bear his sin, right? So now, there again, his intent was to do the right thing, Possibly he ended up doing the wrong thing. Nevertheless, he has to get uh, an atonement for his sin. So the guy intends to do the wrong thing, and his intent is fulfilled, and he does the wrong thing. Allah has come v'kama that uh, all the more so will he bear his sin and require atonement. And al davar yidvu hadayvim. And for uh, and concerning this matter, those who are all sensitive should grieve. Because even if the person who did not intend to do the wrong thing is still considered to have sinned and, uh, and, and, and requires atonement, so then us, who we intend to do the wrong thing and do the wrong thing, how much more will we consider sinners and, and, and need atonement? Now, this interesting Taisus I saw over here, Al Davar Yidvu. Yidvu is to, to, uh, to they, they, they should grieve, or, or, or those who are sensitive should grieve. He says the word Yidvu is Rosh Tevas Yoda Asham. Yoda Asham is Yidvu. Okay, anyway. But, Cholani Lamali, why do we need to give three examples of the same point, right? You had the example of a woman who did not know that the husband was, uh, was, was being made for, and she, and she does what's really not the wrong thing, and she needs atonement. And then you have the two cases, either with one piece or with two piece, pieces. But what do we need all three examples that seem to bring out the same, the, 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 the same idea that even when you don't necessarily do the wrong thing, you still need an atonement? It's where it says like this. We need it. Because by the case of a woman, it's a little different than the case of the pieces, 
right? Through the Bai Kapora, I understand why she needs Kapora, the Slicha, and, and, uh, uh, she needs atonement and forgiveness. Mishum Dani Karali because her intent actually was to do the wrong thing. It's true that the right, it, it never ended up being a wrong thing, but you understand that where her intent was to, do a rebel, uh, rebel against her Nazirus, against her Kodesh Baruch, whatever it is, I understand why she needs the atonement. But in the case where you had initially picked up a piece thinking it was the kosher piece, even though later on, retrospect, it might not have been, there the intent was not done with a negative intent, maybe such a person does not need so therefore, the intent was to be doing something that was mutter, maybe by kapora So it comes to tell you that in case number two, where you ate one piece and in retrospect you're not sure what it was, you still need kapora, even though your intent wasn't the wrong intent. That's why I need to have at least a second case. Now, the itmar hador. Now, even now, let's say you only had case number two. Now, case number two is better than case number three because case number two there wasn't for sure chaylev there. You didn't go into a situation where you know there's a piece of chaylev on the table and you took a chance. Then you picked up one piece and found out later on. But a case where you know you have in front of you a piece of chaylev and a piece of shuman, even though you took one and then when you find, I might have taken the wrong one, then maybe this person is held more responsible. And maybe this person, just slich and kapara is not enough. Maybe this person needs punishment. He needs segufim. Maybe he needs all other types of things in, in order to get his atonement. Kamash Malan, even that person, slich and kapara, Will be kapar and slich will be sufficient. So we never like eat mar hada diki isura that I'm sorry I'm sorry the the the, 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 the I, I jumped a skip step the gemara jumps to the case of and if you only had case number two and not the case of the isha case number two could be viewed as worse than the case of isha. It's true that she had the wrong intent, but what was the outcome? The outcome was okay. Here the outcome might be that you did something wrong. So I understand why over here you need uh, so there but ika the ika. The Ika Isura, there is an Isur possibly. About Isha, the Havalabala, whether in the case of Isha, where the husband was made for, the Hetera, where there comes out being a Heter, so let's say, boy, Kapara, maybe she doesn't need Kapara and Slicha. Vietmar, Hanitar, and get the first two, this is the case I was talking about. So, Hanitar, I mean, I would have thought Hanitar, the Sagila and Kapara, then the first two, Kapara and Slicha is sufficient. Why? First of all, in the case of the woman, because the outcome was good. In the case of the meat, because possibly there wasn't an Isur there to begin with. But, uh, but in the case, because the Le'ikva Isur, there's no, there's no uh, Isur that has been established. But when you have in front of you the case of two Chatikos, that it's been established that in front of you, you put yourself in a situation where there is a known piece of Chalev in front of you, and now you're mixed up and you made a mistake. Maybe that guy, that's already considered much more of a, an egregious Violation. It's not enough to have just kapor and slicha. Maybe you need a punishment, whatever it is. Kamash malan, that is sufficient. The kapor and slicha is the Ashram Tolik. The Kasha, it would be the case of Ashram Tolik, right, correct. Now, says the more like this. So Kamash Madaloshna, that there's no difference, and that's the same as the other case as well. The Amarab Bachana, Amarab Yechanan. My Dixiv, what is mentioned in the Posik, Yisharam Darki Hashem, that the Paths of Hashem are straight. Dark Hashem, the path of Hashem is straight. But Sadikim Yel and the righteous travel in those upright paths. But Poshim, sinners, transgressors, Yakash Lubom, those same paths, that same path, the transgressor stumbles. So the path, the road, 
that is taken by the tzaddik, by the upright, that is the path that he has, is the path of Hashem. But a similar path, or the same path, when it's taken by the transgressor, he stumbles in that path. What is the example of such a scenario? So when it says, Marshall, I'll give you an example, to two people, they brought, both roasted their carbon Pesach, right, they brought the carbon to the base of Mikdash, it was slaughtered, they went back home, and they took out their barbecues, and they roasted their carbon Pesach. One eats it with all of the uh, uh, appropriate intentions to be yod to the midst of Korban Pesach, the Echad and one, because he is so uh, desirous of eating this, this meat, he ate it as a glutton, alright? So, with the one who eats it with the right intentions, he is considered Tzadikim Yelchavot. That's the example of the path of the upright, the righteous will take the path to get to Hashem. The one who ate it as a glutton, transgressors will stumble there. So it's the same activity, just the outcome is different depending on whether you were tzaddik or whether you were a transgressor. So I'm a Lakish, Lokish, Lokish, Yechon's brother, and so I don't agree with you that much because it's true. A person that eats Karvan Pesach to satisfy his own desires, you can tell me that he has not fulfilled the mitzvah of Karvan Pesach with all the bells and whistles. But to call that person a transgressor, to call him Rasha, that the Pesachim Yekash I don't see that it fits the second half of this equation. I don't see that I would call that person uh-huh. that says like this. Hi, Rosh Karis, are you calling this person a, a wicked person? Even though he has not fulfilled the mitzvah in its uh, best case scenario, but uh, right, but Pesach Miyakavit, he still Yotze's mitzvah carbon Pesach, he still ate the carbon Pesach, right? So that would not be an example according to me where you have that the same path taken by the upright and the righteous is uh, the, the wicked stumble. I don't see that that being the example. So mm-hmm. you want to give a comparison, give the following comparison. Two people, they both have, he has at night, his wife and his sister are sleeping in the same house with him, right? And also a second person has the same scenario. So they both have their wife and sister sleeping in the same house or room with them, alright? Now, the fellow has relations with a woman. One of them, in the morning, it was his wife, and one of them wakes up in the morning, and it is his sister. So that would be an example that the upright things work out for them and the wicked who are not careful or they stumble and they because of their 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 their, their propensity for transgression. So therefore uh one ends up being his wife, and one ends up being his sister. the one who ends up being the wife Obviously, his predisposition uh, was to do mitzvahs and not averus. So he's the one that tzaddikim yelchabam. Possession is damli mo aloachos. So that's the case of uposhin yikash lubo. So the Gemara pushes back that that also doesn't fit the pasuk so well because the pasuk when it says that the tzaddikim go upright in that path and the wicked stumble, it's talking about the same path, which means the same the same path. The same activity. The example you gave 
was with two different women is like two different paths or two different activities. It's not this, it, it doesn't fit exactly the example, right? Everyone get to understand why? So that, it, uh, that it's the same path. They both taking the same path. One walks through okay, one stumbles. In your case, it wasn't walking the same path. So what is it, me, dummy? Is that a good comparison? Anan Kamrin and Chadaderuf. The puzzle that we're talking about is one path. Hacha, in your case, you're dealing with a situation of Shneidrochim. It's two paths, and therefore it's not the exact same case. Ella, you want to give an exact same scenario that could be, could be either Tzadik and a Russia in the same path. I'll give you the example, Moshe Lelot Lot and his two daughters, right? that were with him. The daughters, actually, their intent was pure. They were trying to do a mitzvah. What was their intent? They were afraid that there was no one to populate the world. So therefore they did, we're going to see in an Avera L'Shem Shamayim. They did it for the sake of, they were trying to do something which is a mitzvah. Tzadikim Yelchavam. So to them you can, you can apply the posse, Tzadikim Yelchavam. But he, Shinnitzkabel L'Shem Avera, we're going to see how we know that. But he who had it with his own self-satisfaction and his own desires, so therefore, by him you can use the expression and the uh, transgressors will stumble. Now that would be more akin to the Pasuk because it's talking about literally the same activity but one's considered to be a tzaddik because of it and one's considered to be a Russia. How do you know that Lot you can attribute to him that that act was being done for not l'shem mitzvah, the same way as they had intent l'shem mitzvah. But mahu nami mitzvah ichaven. Maybe he too, his propensity was to do the right thing. So I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, let's take a look, let's analyze. We know when there was the fight between the shepherds of Lot and the shepherds of Avram, and Avram gave him a choice. You want to go to the right, you want to go to the left. He looked at the beautiful pastures that were on the other side of the Jordan River where stone was. And he was attracted because of his desires. He was attracted to that area. We're going to see the entire passage is highlighting that Lot was being driven by his desire and his lust. And therefore, it's not a big leap to say that when the situation with his daughters happened, it was not done l'shei mitzvah like they were being uh, propelled, but it was actually being done for his taiva, and that's why you could say pishpoishin yikash l'bom. So when it says al this entire pasuk we're going to break it down. The pasuk that basically is a pasuk in brachis. Says his eyes he the entire plain of the Jordan. It is all irrigated well. Before Hashem destroyed Zom, Hashem was like the garden of Hashem. Alright, fine. So now let's go through the passage. It says, He raised his eyes. Where do we see another eye raising that shows lust? The eyes, the, 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 the wife of Potiphar raised her eyes at Yosef. The next part of the passage by Lord says, as Enov, his eyes. Kiyish, uh, and we have by Shimshon, that Shimshon comes to his father, he says, I want that woman who is a married Philistine woman. 
and, and, and his father says, well, there's no Jewish girls around. That's who you have to go over. And he says, Ki hi yeshara that she is upright in my eyes. You see again a lotion of a not in my eyes or in his eyes showing lust. Continues the pasuk by Lot. It says vayar uh, that that and and Lot saw. Where do we see the expression Lot seeing? Also associated with lust is when Shem ben Hamor saw Dina prior to raping her. It says vayaros Shem ben Hamor. So you see again that uh, again every phrase every in the pasuk is associated with desire and lust by Lot. Continues as called Kikar Ayard, and he saw the entire plain of the Jordan. Uses the expression Kikar. Kikar also means a loaf. Now, where do we see a pasuk there that, that shows lust? There's a pasuk that's brought down in Mishlei. Shlomo Melech's talking about how people that have desires and are are led by a fueled by their desires will will put themselves in the poorhouse because they'll spend all their money on women and they'll end up without even being able to afford a loaf of bread. That's the posik over there. So the posik over there, the Ad Isha Zona, because of a prostitute, the person spends all his money, Ad Kikar Lechem, get to a point where he cannot even afford a Kikar Lechem. But you see the word Kikar, the same word, yeah, that load, it says he saw the Kikar, and the word Kikar, it's the Choma was talking about, associated with lust and desire. Now, continues with load, it says, Kichula Mashke, that it was completely irrigated. The word Mashke, you know, Mashke, what does Mashke mean? Mashke also means drink, right? He says uh, that, again, this is a positive that is all this in Hosea, and uh, it's talking about Klausrov, but how they went after their, their desires and their lust. So it says, El Chachre Mahavai, I have followed my lovers, Nos Nelachmi, who gave me my bread, who made me and my water, Smori Vepishti, and they gave me my wool garments and my flax garments, Shmane Vashikuyai, and they gave me my oils and my drinks. But you see again, it's something involving lust, an illicit lust, and it uses the same terminology it uses by Lot. So to say that Lot was doing this L'Shem Mitzvah and not L'Shem Taiva, whereas we don't think that that's the case. Whereas it went one second, but the story over there is they plied him with wine and they got him drunk. So therefore, how can you attribute the actions to him? Maybe it's not L'Shem Mitzvah, but he should not be held that it's also L'Shem Avera if in fact was an onus that he was drunk. Bahamainus Anis. So Tanamishim Rav Yosef Rav Rav Choni that if you take a look in the pasuk that talks about him getting drunk and then uh, sleeping with him, it says that he was not aware uh, when he went to sleep, Bashav when he went to, when he lay down, Uvekuma uh, and, and, and when when they lay down with him and when they and, and when she got up, so he wasn't aware when he lay down and he got up. Now if you open up a Sefer Torah. On the word Uvekuma, you will see a, you'll see dots. Now we know that the rule is that whenever there's a word that has dots on it, 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 it tracks from the literal meaning. It's like, so it says the way to really, he did not know, Virashi and Chumash brings us down, he did not know when she lay down with him, but you know what, when she got up, he finally had that, he, did, he was aware of what's going on. So there was an awareness. So what it says like this, he says, Lama nekod al-vav, why is the, there a nekuda on the vav of uvkuma? 
right? So because the show uh, of when it says the, the the first one, the uh, the older girl who took advantage of him first, he was not aware when she lay down with him. But when she got up, yada, he was aware. Again, the Gemara says, so if he was aware when she got up, it's still too late. The bottom line is, at the time the act happened. He wasn't aware. And when he says, yeah, you could say that for the first night. Yeah. But the next time already, he already knew what was coming. So there, even though he got drunk, it was with the awareness and the anticipation as to what was going to be happening. So you cannot say that this was done with shame shamayim. So my, Sigmar says like this, my what should he have done? Right? At the end of the day, he was drunk. He only became aware of it after when he woke up. So he must have a What happened, happened. Where it says not coming, there was a difference. The panya for the next night. The next night he knows what's happening, and he still imbibed and got drunk. So therefore, the boy shouldn't have drunk wine the next one. Therefore, to say that it's tadikim yelchava that they're considered righteous because their intent was to propagate the world, but Rishonim Yikashlo with the same act by him was said the act of the Russia. Maybe you're not going to hold him responsible for the first night, but you can't get away with him not doing something for the wrong reason. The second night around. Okay. Taurus Rava. Rava expounded. My dear how do you understand the following Pesach? This is the Pesach again in Mishlei. It says, Ach Nivsha the Kiryas Oz, that the brother, the brother uh, who rebels from the uh, powerful city, Umidyonim, Umidyonim means contention and fighting, Kavriach Armon is as strong as the Bariach of the, uh, the, the uh, cross bar that, that protects the palace. They used to have these bars that went across the entrances so they couldn't breach the doors of the palace. So what is the Pasuk talking about? It says, the brother that rebels and leaves the powerful city creates contention like that is as powerful, as strong as the crossbars that stop the breaching of a palace. Yeah. So what is that referring to? It says, eyes, the brother that left the, the powerful city, Zilot Shapirish Avram. It's referring to Lot, who separated from his brother. It was really actually, not necessarily his brother, his nephew, who was his uncle, but, but it's that, that's, that's what's re- referencing. He calls him like a brother. That uh, and what does it mean that it created a, uh, a, a a contention or a fight that cannot is impenetrable that cannot be broken? Shehitil midyanim kebrichim va'arman it created Lot's actions of leaving um, uh, Avram uh, Avram Avinu devolved into a situation that created contention that can never that 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 breach can never be fixed. What is that referencing is? We find at the Psukim that the two of descendants that came from him was Ammon and Moab. Ammon and Moab were never allowed back into Cloud Yisroel. So it was like a breach that now cannot be repaired. That's what it's referencing. Doresh Robo, the Etevasan Rav Yitzchak, Maidechsiv, Litava Yavakesh Nifrod. That for desires will be the one who separates, he follows his taiva, his desire, his lust, will, uh, is, is what the reason why the one who separates seeks. And all types of wisdom will reveal. 
the actions of this person. What's going on over here? That's referring to Lot, who went after his desires to want to get close to Sodom, as opposed to staying with Avram Avinu. And in all forms of wisdom, his wrong deal, wrongdoings become revealed. His embarrassment is revealed. In the shuls, where they lane the parsha of, uh, of Ammonium Ma'avi Lo Yavo B'Kal Hashem. the Medrashas, where they, they learn the Mishnayas and then learn the Drashas of, uh, the Torah Shabal Peh, which is studied in the base Medrash. Just not as we learned in the Mishnah, Ammonium Ma'avi Asurin Visurin Isra they are never allowed to marry back into Klaisro. Amar Ula, Tamar Zinsa, Tamar, who was the daughter-in-law of Yehuda, she did an act which could be defined as an out-of-marriage act, that a somewhat promiscuous act. And Zimri Zina, we see Zimri, Zimri was the one, the, the, the Nasi of the tribe of Shimon, that had relations with a non-Jewish girl, right? So, Tamar Zinsa, her act of what appeared to be promiscuity led to Yatsim and Malachim and Avim, because she became impregnated by Yehuda, and from that, Zerach and Peretz, Peretz, those two children, came both kings and royalty and prophets. Zimri Zina, on the other hand, Zimri Zina, Naflu Allah Kamar from his actions caused tens of thousands of Jews to end up being killed. Alright? As we know the story over there with uh, that with, with the tribe of Shimon that they, they, they tried to defend and they went in and, and they, they, they ended up getting killed. Now, so basically what it's the idea over here is that Tamar's intent was a holy one. She used somewhat unorthodox methods, but her intent was a holy one because she, as the Ramban rings down, was fulfilling the mitzvah of Yibum that should have been done by Shelah, Yehuda's third child, who he was holding back from giving her, but you know, before Matan Torah, a father could also do the mitzvah of Yibum, which in fact, I heard from my own Rosh a beautiful idea, because the, the first two children of Yehuda were killed. Because whatever they did, things they shouldn't have done. But the, the din of Yibum is to replace the soul of the death bro- dead brother. How many children died? Two. Two children. So when she does Yibum, she has twins. One is Kenegad, uh, uh, um, uh, what's the name? Uh, uh, Aaron. And one is Kenegad Onan. And that's why every time you see the list of Kleisrael being listed, the 70, it says, it says Zerach and Peretz, because Erva Onan died. What do they keep mentioning Erva Onan died? Because their souls, as the Ramban is transmitted into the, uh, yeah. that's what he says, Yibum is a trans- transmigration of souls. That's how Ramban explains it. Anyway, Amrav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Gedoyla Avera Lishma, the Avera that's done, the sake of heaven, for the shame, is even greater than a mitzvah, Shalom Lishma, if the mitzvah is not done for the right reason, if it's done for self-gratification, let's say, or for some other uh, non uh, uh, holy reason. What's that? No, no, wait, wait, that's going to be the question. Frag the Gemara, one second. You're telling me, it's, it sounds like, it seems to say that, like there's no redeeming value of a mitzvah shalom lishma. 
But that's not true. Like Johnny said, A person should involve himself in Torah and mitzvahs, even if they can't motivate himself to do it for the right reason. That's where the candy man comes in. Even from doing it for the wrong reason, because doing things for the wrong reason, eventually you'll be a, you'll become used to doing it, and hopefully it will then... Uh, transform into what? Into doing it for the right reason. As the kid gets older, he's going to come to shul and want to come to shul for the right reason. But that's hard to get a kid to come to shul for the right reason right away. So we give candy, right? So therefore, balishman, they'll come to shul. But you see that there is a redeeming value in mitzvah that's done shalom lishma to say that an avera lishma therefore way supersedes and a mitzvah shalolishma that a vera shalolishma can't lead to a mitzvah a mitzvah shalolishma can't lead to doing it correctly so the L of 5 the words I'll give it to you Ema what I would, uh, the way I would just readjust it is the following let's reframe it Commitment shalolishma it's not like it's not better than a mitzvah shalolishma but it's equal to a an avera lishma is at least it's equal to a mitzvah lishma. It's not better than a mitzvah shalol lishma, but it's at least equal to a mitzvah lishma. Exactly what the shakal over here is. He's more of an Hesber. But how does it get that point? Because Tamar did not commit an avera, and, and if you take that principle, well, again, Tamar, Tamar, Tamar did not. It, it was somewhat unorthodox I because it wasn't being done. So it is. It's viewed as a, it is viewed on some level as a snus, especially in Yehuda's eyes, because Yehuda didn't even know that that was being done. Okay, that's yes. but, but he, but he it says in that means I can go and steal. Well, the one is going to give the example. The one is going to give an example of where you see. We see that when 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 uh, uh, um, the the the, the positive talks about Sisra, who was the general of the which the Syrian army was running away, and he was uh, a, a thorn in the side of the Jews. They had been taking advantage of the Jews for many years. And we want they and and he wanted to get refuge in the tent of uh, in the house in the encampment of Yisro, Yisro's wife, the, the wife of the Kani. Okay, was a descendant or it was actually well, it was, right, it was a descendant, descendant of it was called Asha Sakani. So her name was Yael, and she seduced him, and uh, when he was. When, when he was un, uh, unable to defend himself, she took a peg and, uh, and, and slammed it through his head. But anyway, the point is that what, that's an Avera L'Shem Mitzvah, because she was a married woman having relations with this guy, but the intent was to do something, get rid of this Russia from this world. That would be considered an example. So even if you don't like it so much by Tamar, but even even though Gemara does call it Avera Lishmo, but here this is another example. Whereas Ella Ema commits with Lishmo, Kedichsev, as we find, to Vorach Minoshem Yal. Yal is blessed amongst all the women. Aisha's Chavra Kani, the wife of Chavra the Kenite, Minoshem Ba'ol Tavarach, and her blessings should be from or like those who are the women of the tent. And my Noshim Ba'olt, uh, who are these women of the tent? That's referring to Sora, Rivka, Rocha, Leah. Tosin brings down that these two women have an association with tent in the Torah. What are the association of the women in the tent? So he says, Sora says, Vahinehi Ba'ohel, that she was listening in the Oel when the Malachim came. 
He brought Rivka to the tent of Sarah, his mother. And Rachel and Leah, it says that Lovan went to check to find the idols. It says, So they are the women of the tent. That means the blessings of the women of the tent are bestowed on Yael. So you see, it's a, 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 even though there was an Avera, but it's an Avera Lishma. Amrab Yochanan, Sheva Be'ilah, Baal Oysa, Rasha Be'ilah, Sha'ah, that there were seven copulations that Sisra had with Ya'el at that time. Shanamar, as the Pesach says, each expression of the Pesach refers to a different copulation. It says, Ben Raglea Karo, he crouched between her legs, that's one. Nafal, he fell, that's two. Shacha Vilei, that's three. Ben Raglea Karo, again it says, between her legs, he, uh, he crouches, he's four. Nafal is five. Kasher Kara, as if, as, as he had crouched before, he's, uh, six. Sham Nafal Shadud, there he fell, lifeless, that, and that's the seventh fell again. Seventh is considered copulation, and that, that's seven times he had relations with her. Shemvenor said like this, at the end of the day, should, did she not get pleasure from an Avera? You know, it's one thing to say, if you do an Avera Lishma, so, but, but, but she received pleasure from a Rosha in a, in, in a situation of a sin. Simona says, that she would have got pleasure from his copulation. That any benefit that come from the wicked, they loathe it, they detest it. So therefore, they, that would not be viewed as a pleasure for her. That would actually be something that she loathed and detested. Like we find that Yaakov Avinu, when Lavan was chasing after him, Hashem appeared to Lavan and said to him, I do not want you to interact with Yaakov, whether it's to hurt him, to harm him, or even for something, don't speak to him something that's good. Now, Lechorah, why would Hashem say, don't say something good? Don't do something good. Bad, I understand. Because that also, by Yaakov receiving it from Lavan, would Yaakov's eyes be considered bad. Conducting yourself, interacting with Yaakov, anything good for until anything bad. I understand that I understand. But why should he not say anything good? So why not? Because he because even what Lavan might think is good, but when Yaakov gets it from a Russia, it would cause him distress. That would not be from us. You see that Tova from a Russia for a Tzaddik is something that's bad. Alright, Gufa, this itself was mentioned earlier. I'm Rabbi Yehuda, I'm a Rab. Lo'olam Yasek, Adam, Beter, Vemitzvah. A person should involve himself in the study and the pursuit of Torah and Mitzvahs. I feel the Shalom Shaman, even if the only way he can psych himself up to do it is for a Lolishma reason. Shemitosh, a Lolishma, because doing it for the wrong reason, Baalishma, he'll end up doing it for the right reason. Shebeschar, Membeis, Karbonos, that in the merit of the 42 Korbanos, Shehikriv Balak HaRosha, that Balak HaRosha brought, remember Balak had brought Korbanos, that when he brought Bilam to um, curse the Jewish people, he had set Korbanos up to try and placate Hashem to allow Bilam the curse. Now the bringing of those Korbanos were not being done for a positive reason that were being done. But at the end of the day, he did bring Korbanos. And in the reward, what was his reward? Zachariyatzimenarus. He ended up getting Rus. So you see that even though it's a mitzvah, Shaloli Shema, there was a silver lining, something positive eventually came out. He merited to get Rus. Who Ram- did? 
This was Balak. Ba- uh, Balak, uh, uh, Rus was a, a descendant of Eglon. Eglon, uh, for, uh, and, and Eglon was a descendant of Balak. Okay. All right? The Moavi, the Moavite. He says that Rus was a granddaughter, but actually means many generations down, of Eglon. And Eglon was a descendant of Balak, who was also the king of Moab. But how do you know Hashem does not hold back reward, even for something subtle, just using a sensitive language, using the right appropriate language, you still can get great reward for speaking correctly. Hashem does not hold back reward and give great reward. The Ila Bechira, we find that there were two daughters of Lot that took advantage of him. The older one, the firstborn, and the second one. Now, they, from them came Ammon and Moab. Now, the first one called him, uh, the first one called him Mo, uh, the Moab. No, the first, I'm a, no, the second one, Moab is Moab. No, no, yeah, the first one was Moab. The first one called Moab, which implies that direct from the father, which means it showed a little bit of, of, of crudeness, of sensitivity, a lack of sensitivity. Whereas the second one, Amon is from my nation, so therefore, actually it's not from my nation, what's Amon? Yeah, yeah, from my people, from my people. So that showed a greater sensitivity, and because of that greater sensitivity, Sensitivity, therefore, there, we'll see. the Moab. So Where do we see? We know that the Jewish people, even though the Ammonian and Moabian are allowed to marry into them, they were also warned. They precluded from starting up war with the Ammonian Moabi when they were ten, coming back from Mitzrayim to get the land of Eretz Yisrael. They had to cut through their land. Hashem gave them a warning. But we can see the warning shows a reward for that additional sensitivity. Where do we see it? They're right. See, like this. The Elu, the Chir, the Karyase Moab, the first one is showing that lack of sensitivity. Amle Rachmon, Al Tatzer, as Moab, do not create a siege against Moab, Val Tizgar bomb, and do not wage war against them. Milchama, Milchama Hu Deloy. That means you're not allowed to wage war. But Seure, Tsarinan, but to cause them discomfort, to bother them, to chaper with them, there's no prohibition against Moab. There, it means that, that, that you don't have to make sure you don't cause them discomfort. Just can't go to war against them. But Elut Seira, concerning the younger one, who she called the son from her, Amon, right, the Karyasa Bnei Ami, the, the, the son of my nation, my people, Amar Le'altetzurem, is that do not cause them discomfort. Do not even cause them any uh, discomfort. That that her she merited that her descendants, the Jews, are not just not allowed to go to war with them, but they're not allowed to cause them any form of discomfort. Why did she get that additional benefit? Because of the sensitivity. So you see, the sensitivity of language had a huge impact. Later on for the future generations. If a person has a chance to jump and do a mitzvah earlier, you should jump and do the mitzvah at the earliest possible time. Because the reward of one night, they both were trying to do a, a, a mitzvah propagating the world. And the older one went one night before the younger one. Right? What was the reward that the older one went one night before the uh, earlier one? They both had descendants that married into the Jewish people. One ended up marrying in four generations before the other. So that one night of doing the mitzvah first 
allowed her descendant to marry into the Jewish people, four generations, she had an offspring that was Jewish four generations before the other. Where do we see this? So that, 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 that one night, that the older daughter went before the younger one, she went four generations for the Malchus, they both ended up marrying into the royalty. So Rashi explains it over here, is that Rus had, from her, Rus was converted, and from her came Jewish-born children. There was Oved, Yishai, David and Shlomo. So already, right away, Oved, even though he has, is like the father from, from which royalty came. So it means like a connection to royalty already started by Oved. That's with Rus. Rus. Uh, the, uh, from, 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 uh, the second one, from, from Ammon, that was Moab. Ammon, right? From Ammon, which was the, which was the, the, young, the, the younger Sorry, daughter, no. she had Shlomo Melech married a girl, a girl that came from Ammon, which is four generations after uh, Ovid. So therefore, that one night had a four generational impact on marrying into the Malchus of Klai. So,